0: Ephesians chapter 1 please and before we read here's what I want you to see you see as a, as, as a, as a pastor going around visiting and there's many of you who would you know you need encouragement, we all need encouragement but need encouragement a special way or there's doubts may come there's younger Christians that need encouraged. There are those who are wondering, does the Lord still even accept me, love me? You know, uh, uh, There are those who don't have a, an assurance of their salvation. They just need assured of their salvation. And in this, I want to show you that your salvation does not depend on who you are. And your salvation does not depend on what you've done. And your salvation does not depend on what you can try to become in your own strength. And everything to do with our salvation is all of him. Now, please get me from the start. We believe in living right before God, okay? We believe, I believe, in living right before God. We might feel right before God in a sense, but we believe in living right and living. Stacey Preditt, we need your grace every day. We live in grace Grace is not, not, not a license to sin but grace is what should encourage us, bless us, strengthen us to be able to overcome those things we're failing in. If that can make sense to you. It's not to continue in an open course of sin, habitually walk in sin because we all sin and fail and we have to try and walk according to God's word. But human mind, human will, human heart, we're tend to try and drift away into our own circumstance. But here's your security this morning in the Lord. Let's read, and I'll stop a few times, some of these things you may have heard a little bit before. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Notice, he's an apostle by God's will, not Paul deciding he wanted to be an apostle. You can't be an apostle, and you can't be even a believer in your own will. It has to be God's will. To the saints which are at Ephesus, to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace be to you in peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. First of all, the word grace here gives the idea of the divine influence upon one's heart. Notice the divine influence, not a divine. There only is one divine. There only is one deity. And that's Almighty God our Father, Yahweh himself. And it says here that grace is the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in one's life. So if you have received grace, if you are living in grace, then you will show that in your life. And Paul says here, grace be to you and peace. This word can be translated shalom. It's not just peace of mind. It's not just feeling good about yourself. It's not about a peaceful lifestyle. It's about a fullness of wholeness and wellness of body, soul, and spirit in him. So here is the blessing pronounced upon the saints and those who are faithful in Christ. He says, Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now we're getting down to nitty gritty when we get to this verse. Blessed be the God and Father. How do we bless God who has everything, who's almighty God, who owns all things, who created all things? How do we as human beings finite in our abilities, finite in our strength, finite in our minds, bless the infinite God, the God of all eternity? How do we bless him? The word blessed, to bless the Lord, is the word you lego. Comes from two words, you and lego. Lego is the kin word to the word was made flesh. The word, the speaking, the, the mind, the will, the, the, the logos. Here it is, lego. So it means to speak. And you, "eu" means good. So what Paul is saying, speak good. Speak well. Praise the Lord worship him speak the words of life and Paul is saying if you want to bless your father start to praise him if you want to bless God who has all things start to worship him if you want to bless God start to tell him how great he is how good he is how wonderful he is how majestic he is how marvelous he is because God knows who he is and what he can do but he wants to hear your heart. He wants you and I to show our gratitude and to show our astonishment at him. That when we worship him, where are let go is blessing him, speaking well, speaking good of who our God is. Not bringing God down to say, God, you are this or you are that or making a God of, of your own imagination. But who he is, you are good. You are good, we sang, and your love endures. That's what this means here. So blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us. The word here does not mean that he speaks good of us. It means he does good unto us. He does good unto us. With all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Notice that. With all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. In other words, that which was in heaven is given on to those who are in Christ. I want to say it again and I want you to understand that you who are weak, you who are wandering, you who are weary, you who are wayward, you who are suffering, you who are anxious, you who are down, you who are lonely, you who are struggling, whatever your situation is, or you who are just looking at blessing this morning, here's your blessing. That the blessing, all the blessings that are in heaven are in Christ and given to us. What were seated from the throne, ordered from God, ordered from the Father, are given to his Son, and they're transferred to you and I. So you are blessed, or you are given the blessing, you are bestowed with them, you are this morning the recipient and the receiver of all spiritual blessings. Spiritual fruit should be shown in our life through grace. Spiritual gifts should be pronounced through our life through the Holy Ghost. Spiritual blessing, faith is is in there as well. Having the gift of faith to be able to pray for the sick. Having the gift of faith to go on in your circumstance. Being able to see things, the word of wisdom and knowledge and all these wonderful nine supernatural, spiritual, Holy Ghost-given gifts are for you this morning. All the things that are in heaven that can be in heaven, that are in heaven and are from heaven are found in Christ and when you're in Christ, then they're yours. Now notice this. According as he hath chosen us in him. Now here is a doctrine which pulls the zip up or down here and divides the coat in half. Or else joins it together. According as he hath chosen us. According as he hath chosen us. Chosen you. See the word according, it's the word uh, katanopion. Katanopion. And in verse 4 it says, According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So here's what it means. Kata gives the idea of something that presses down. Kata gives the idea of something that is under over control of something else. Kata gives the idea of something that takes hold and doesn't let go and pushes on it. That's the idea of kata. EN kat en opion. EN is the is in the middle of that word it gives the idea of injust just simply when you're in something you came Into church today. Into the building that is today. So you're in something. And the word opion at the end of that, the word op is where we get optician from for eye. Your eye to see. So the idea is according to the power of God. According to the will of the Father. According to his own heart. According to how he Desired. That's the idea, but I'll show you it in a minute. According to his power in heaven, he elect, chose, put a circle around you, around me, even from before, even from the foundation of the world in heaven. He knew you, yet he loved you. So the idea is that you are not an afterthought brother and you're not an afterthought sister and your mother and father, even some people may say they made a mistake, but at the end of the day, God knew you, God loved you, God called you and he had chosen you and given you to his son from before the foundation of the world. Now ask yourself this morning when you're going out, will he let you go? Will he let you go? Will he leave you or forsake you? Ask yourself this morning, does he love you any less because you failed? Ask yourself this morning, when I go home then, does that mean that God loves me the same as he did yesterday? The answer is God loved you the same today as he did from before the foundation of the world. He loves you the same. And he says, according as he hath chosen us in him in Christ before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy, nay, to live a lifestyle. His will bearing in ours, we must he must increase, we must decrease. His will bearing in ours, his love overcoming all things, should cause us to be holy before him, that is, to walk in Christ. To be counted worthy as that calling. And here is a lovely Four worded verse, or four worded line I should say. Without blame, notice, before him in love. See the word before, you know, if you let someone go through the doors before you, you open the door, someone goes before you. Well, That's not the before here, it gives the idea of when someone is in your view all the time and they're right before you. You're watching your children and they're playing and they're before you you're watching them running about, and you're watching them trying to walk, and you're watching them get up to things with all their all their children playing about and playing with their wee toys or whatever they're doing. That is them before you. This is the idea. And God has looked at you and seen you and knew you and loved you before you were even born, before you were a twinkle in your mommy and your daddy's eye. He knew you and you were his. And now today, you are before him. In wrath. Doesn't say that. You are before him in anger. Doesn't say that. You are before him in love. In love. You still love me. Lord, you you really still love me. I still love you. Even though I've failed you, you still love me. I still love you. I've let you down. Still love you. In fact, my love doesn't change, he says. From the found, before the foundation of the world, I loved you and I've always loved you. You see, you may love someone more when they do more for you. Or you may do so, love someone less when they do something to you. And as the hymn writer says, my love is oft times low. My joy still ebbs and flows. But peace with him remains the same. No change. Jehovah knows. So what is being said here is that the Lord who loved you, you were before him always. When I think of that, and the shame of it sometimes for me, although that shame's gone, when I think of the the drunken, drug-fueled, worldly, ungodliness that I lived in, I think of the times that I didn't even want to know. I think of the and I'll just be truthful with I actually made jokes about the Lord. Vile things. And he loved me. And he loved you. Do you think he'll love you any less now that you've been brought into his son? Do you think he'll love you any less now that you're in Christ and justified in him? Just as if you'd never sinned. That you're washed in his blood and filled with his spirit. The idea is you're before him in love. All the time he loves you and that love has never dissipated. It's never went away. It's never changed. It's never waned. God's love remains the same. I want to show you a little bit more and then we'll wrap it up. It's only a wee thought. Notice verse 5: having predestined us, or predestinated us, unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Predestined. Again, you're going into eternity past. Pre-before. Yes, time. The word gives the idea of looking out the horizon and seeing where the sky meets the sea and there's a straight line, but when you get out there it keeps on going. In other words, he just kept going down through time and seeing you. He brought you into Christ, give you to his son. And notice the little words here. This is a fantastic little bit here. According to the good pleasure of his will. See the word according? It's the same as the other word according catenopion. According to the good pleasure of his will, it gives the idea of to come under the influence or a pressing down. It actually gives the idea of a dominance. A dominance, in other words, according to the dominance of him. The dominance of the good pleasure of his will. You know what the good pleasure is of his will. If you were to look it up in the Greek New Testament, you know what it means? According to the dominance of the desire of the Father's heart. Now we could chew on that all day. You and I could just chew over that one line all day, those couple of lines. Those couple of words. According to the dominance of the desire of your Father's heart. He looked down and seen you and loved you. And today you're before him. Can you see that? Can we all see that this morning? Can you see how the dominance of God, this shows the sovereignty of God, the total and the complete sovereignty of Almighty God. This shows that he just loved me. Why? I don't know. He just loved you. You can ask the same question. I'll not answer it for you either. But why would he love us? What did he see in us? He didn't see anything in us. But he knew what he could make us to be. That's what happened. He didn't see anything in you. And he didn't see that you're so big or so good or so great or so talented or so intelligent. He didn't see that you're so needy or so poor that he would just use you instead. He didn't see any of that. Do you know what he saw? He saw lost souls needing a saviour. He saw it before it happened. Before there was a sinner on the earth, there was a saviour in heaven. He saw a lost and a dying people. He saw someone who's going to need rescued. He saw me in my state, and he saw some of you in yours, and he saw us in our religion, and he saw us in our churchy holiday, and he saw us just as a fallen world in Adam needing rescued. That's what he saw. And what did what did we do to deserve it? Here's the thing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing, 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 nothing. What did you do to deserve it? Nothing. What did anybody in here do to deserve it? Nothing. The Father had this great heart, and the Father has this great heart. And He seen us, and He thought, the "Desire of my heart is to see of these people." Desire of my heart. Is to lift him from addiction and to lift her from a life of sin and to touch this one and that one. There's a there, there's a family that's devastated. and There's people that are broken because of things that's happened in their life and there's those who can't rescue themselves and there's such and such who, who who's having a really hard time in, in their body they're, they're they're stressing with illness and there's someone in their mind and their their, their mind is tormented at times. He says I I, I must rescue them. Save them, forgive them. And the very dominance of God's heart sent His Son. The very dominance of God's heart sent His love. The very dominance of God's heart pressed down so hard, as it were, upon you and I that we looked to see our need of Him according as He has called us in Christ. Where are you going? Daniel, where are you going? What has he called you for? Notice verse 6 to the praise of the glory of his grace. To the pra- praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. Wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. And brothers and sisters, why don't you catch this before you go home. The beloved here is not the church. Because if you're waiting to be accepted by everybody in the church, you'll be waiting an awful long time. That's just the long and the short of it. A beloved is not the church not saying it should be like that, but that's just the truth of it. You're accepted. He made you accepted. You didn't make yourself accepted. You didn't accept to be accepted. He made us accepted. In the beloved, in Christ, the beloved one. He made you be accepted in Him, in whom we have redemption through His blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. There's the word according, on again, according to the riches of his grace. In other words, according to the dominance of God's grace. This scripture was floating around my mind when we were worshipping and I was going, Not again. Here we go, what am I going to say? And when Stacey get up and prayed there and says, Lord, we're living in your grace, I knew you're going to have to bring something on this. According to the dominance of his riches and his grace, according to the dominance of the graces, notice the divine influence on your heart. Grace is the divine influence on one's heart and reflection in one's life. So according to his divine influence on your heart, That's the idea of it. His divine influence on your heart and the reflection of it in your life. That's what shows the glory of God. So how do you praise God? By showing God's grace in your life. How do you praise God? How do you bless God? That knowing that everything that you have of salvation and redemption is all of him, that it's not of you, that every single moment of every single second, minute, hour, day, week, month, and year of all of your life, that you are in Christ, you are blessed by him with spiritual gifts that are in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that you're justified, that you're redeemed, that you're forgiven, that you're deeply loved, you have been from before the foundation, of the world. You're before the Father right now in his love. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter how deeply you've fallen, he still loves you and he calls you back, if you have, into the place with him because he wants to love you and you to know he loves you. And the dominance of God is what keeps you. Do you know that? Do you know why you're here this morning in such a wet, miserable, morning that's poor with rain. the dominance of god in your life the dominance of god in your heart the dominance of god who's brought you here the dominance of god who says i love you and you've received that dominance of the spirit who gets you up in the morning even when you don't want to come the dominance of god who keeps you going on when you've fallen the dominance of god in your life you're not going on because of you You're not going on. Yes, we are to strive. Yes, we are to make the effort. Yes, we have to get up. But all of it and all of it is in the sovereignty of God, God's dominance in your life. See, if it wasn't for God and his grace, you and I wouldn't be here this morning. We'd be empty. We'd be lost. We'd be useless. We'd be gone. There'd be no church. It's all of grace. All of grace. It's all of grace. So when you leave here this morning, think, am I under the dominance of the world? Am I under this dominance or pressing notion of circumstances and things? Am I under the dominance of what the doctors say? Am I under the dominance of an illness? Am I under the dominance... Uh, of uh, a mentality? Am I under the dominance of a church religion? Am I under the dominance of whatever? Or am I under the the domain and the dominance of the power of the grace of God? And when you get that, that's not of you. It's all of him. Everything. All of it. Completely of him. When you get that, you will walk with him you'll worship him. And as Paul says, showing forth the praises of God. Showing forth the praises of God. God bless his word to you this morning.